0: Hey, y'all, I'm Lucy. And I'm Jean. And we're from the Newsy Floozies podcast with CSPN Media. I know y'all are like, but that's not the podcast we clicked on. But, bitch, this is what you got. It Mm -hmm. is, it is. Mm -hmm. Because we that queer black podcast you didn't even know you needed. Exactly. Two gay women. Oh, my goodness. What are they going to talk about? Tune in and find out. We come out every Monday. We sure do. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Newsy Floozies. See y'all on Monday yeah. the gay day. day. Hey. The following is a CSPN Media Podcast presentation. Did you miss me? I hope you miss me because I miss you too. I know it's been a while, and it feels like I kind of like disappeared into thin air. But I had a life-altering experience Um, on October third here on the East Coast. I gave birth to a six-pound. Twelve ounce, pretty little girl, and ever since then, I have been trying to find my balance and try to, you know, get back to myself pre-pregnancy because I feel like I've been pregnant all year. Well, technically, I have. I've been pregnant since you know I found out I was pregnant in February, and you know i have been feeling like i've lost my creative juices and i've been feeling like um you know what do i do now you know um what's next <laughs> and i and a lot of times i feel like i'm a, you know i'm still like a i feel like my former self but like A caricature of my former self. Like, I feel like I'm not, I'm still not me yet. And, you know, I've been trying to, you know, do things that will kind of like, you know, get my creative juices going and trying to, you know, get it popping and return to normal as they say but there is no returning to normal and this experience I was completely um I want to say unprepared but I was prepared but I was still unprepared you could never really be prepared enough for birth especially if you're a first-time mom like myself um i thought initially it was gonna be a piece of cake i was gonna do it and keep it moving and be like all right what's next (laughs) and that was not the story that was not the case i delivered two weeks early well let me let me tell you how goofy i am okay so As y'all know, every year I go to New York Comic Con. That's like my thing. I go to Comic Con. I cover Comic Con exclusively for Fabulize Magazine and other outlets. And that's like my thing. I've been doing it since... I've been going to Comic Con since 2013 as press. And, you know, it's kind of like what I do. So, um, I was expecting... To give birth October 15th. So I still apply for my uh, press pass for New York Comic Con. Because I was like, you know what? Even if I go for a day, I should be okay. You know, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. But it wasn't it, chief at all. So, But anyway, I applied for it. My New York Comic Con pass and I figured that I'll just go one day if I could make it, if I was able to make it, but I just got it just in case and I had planned a, (laughs) I planned a New York Comic Con mixer that weekend. I wanted to do it Friday, but I ended up changing it to Saturday at the last minute and, um, that was going to be on the 6th, I believe, third, fourth, the 6th or the 7th. And I just figured like, you know what, even if I don't go to New York Comic Con, I'm going to have the mixer and then a week later I'll have the baby and then I'll just be on Easy Street. Um, I based this off the fact that, you know, for the first couple months, well, pretty much for the first You know, for six months of my pregnancy, I had no issues. I passed all my tests. My blood pressure was normal. Um, Even after a while, I stopped gaining weight. Like I was maintaining my weight. I wasn't really gaining anything. I was, like, losing a pound here, losing three pounds, gained five pounds. But it was nothing to be, like, alarmed about. And I thought I was easy straight no problem. I thought I was going to be okay. So I was going to prepare for, you know, after the birth, you know, as business as usual. And <laughs> reality slapped the shit out of me basically and um when I was about 30 weeks, 30 no, when I was about um 32 weeks I went to the doctor because, you know, after, you know, once you hit that, like, seven-month mark, you start going to the doctor more frequently, weekly, and, um, so, you know, it's business as usual, and I go to the doctor, and my, I had gained a lot of weight from the previous week. I had gained, like, 15 pounds, like... 15 pounds in a week is a lot of weight, so I was like, whoa, like, that's a lot of weight, <laughs> and, you know, then the nurses was like, you know, it's probably just water, just, you know, watch your salt intake and everything, and I was like, okay, cool, and then it took my blood pressure, my blood pressure was a little high, and it was higher than normal, Um, my blood pressure, I I don't, I've never had like blood pressure problems or hypertension, hypertension issues previously. So that was also a sign. So it was okay. We're going to monitor it because it was a little higher, but nothing to be alarmed about. So the following week, um, I go to the doctor. Um, I gain more weight. And they're like looking at me like, what are you eating? (laughs) I'm like, I'm not eating anything different than, you know. And to be honest, in fact, I felt I wasn't. It was a point where I felt I wasn't even eating enough because I was so concerned about me gaining so much weight by the week at this point. It's like, what am I eating? Well, maybe I shouldn't eat any, you know, food, like, white foods. Like, no sugar, no flour, no rice, no bread. Because, you know, I wasn't cooking a lot. So, I would, like, rely on, like, sandwiches, grilled cheeses. That's kind of like, that was, like, my pregnancy go-food, grilled cheeses. Grilled cheese, um, mac and cheese. Those are, like, my comfort foods. So... I was like, well, let me cut this out and drink more water, eliminate juice. Well, I couldn't even really drink juice because after a while, um, orange juice was making me vomit. So, um, I was doing that, and then I I went back to the doctor. Um, I gained maybe like five pounds. So, it's still a lot of weight because I was packing on pounds quickly, and my blood pressure was steady rising. So... At 33 weeks, I believe, I went to the doctor. No, 34 weeks, I think it was. 34 weeks. I went back to the doctor, my regular visit. I had went in for a fetal um, screening. It's the non-invasive one where they just check the baby to make sure the baby's in the, the right position to kind of measure the baby, um, tell you the sex and everything. So I went there and they told me that the baby, my baby was breached. And a breached baby is when the feet are at the bottom and the head's at the top. So my baby didn't turn yet and they had measured her at approximately 4 pounds at like 34 um, weeks. She was about 4 pounds then. And um, I went to the doctor to do my blood pressure, and my blood pressure was some astronomical number. Like, it was like, like 200 over 100 or something really, really ridiculous. Like, that's like you're about to have a stroke or a heart attack type of you know readings so they sent me straight to the emergency room and I was so scared you know I go to the emergency room I was like I am not prepared for this and they're like yeah so we're gonna give you an emergency c-section and I'm like what and they're like you know because if we can't get your blood pressure down you know we're gonna have to give you an emergency c-section because you know you can't you know, deliver with a very high blood pressure because, you know, you could have a stroke or a heart attack or anything can happen. And, you know, you will be at rest and so with the baby. So I'm in the hospital crying because I'm like 34 weeks. And I'm like, you know, I didn't want to have an early term baby. And, you know, there's nothing I really could do about it. But, you know, they was like, if, you know, we can get your... Um, blood pressure down tonight, overnight. If you stay overnight, then we'll let you go home. But we are absolutely, absolutely taking your baby at 38 weeks because that's just what it is. So I had a breech baby and my blood pressure was going up. So this is some of the signs of uh, of symptoms um, that are signed with preeclampsia. Now, initially, they didn't... You know, diagnosed me with preeclampsia. They said I had um, uh, just um, hypertension related to pregnancy. So I stayed overnight. They gave me a steroid shot, and the steroid shot was if they had if my blood pressure didn't go down that particular day, they was going to give me a C section, and they wanted my baby lungs to be open. So um, that night, my Blood pressure did come down. I went into the hospital with like, I guess when they 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 plugged me all in, um, I was like one eighty over something, and I left the hospital. Uh, uh, one forty five over something, but it had got all the way down to like one twenty over something. So, they just said, drink plenty of water. Drink, continue to drink water. Just drink as much water as possible. Stay away from salty foods. And, you know, you're going to get a C-section. Now, there are a lot of stigmas with C-sections and black women. And I really wanted to avoid a C-section. I reached out to a lot of black doulas. And um, I talked to a lot of midwives. And I really wanted to weigh my options because I didn't want a C-section. But... There was too many things working against me and there was no way I could avoid it. You know, the only way I could have had a vaginal birth is if my baby would have turned around. So that was the only thing. And I was hoping that, you know, the time that they gave me from the Schedule C-section And the time I had left the hospital, that my baby would turn. But my baby didn't turn. And I'll tell you the reason why my baby didn't turn. I went back to the doctor. Now, I'm out the hospital. I'm home. We scheduled a C-section for October 9th, I believe, I want to say. I can't remember the original date. But it was definitely a week or so before my actual due date. And I was kind of, I wasn't bummed out because I knew it was going to happen. So I was like preparing for it. And, you know, it was after the baby shower. And we had all these wonderful gifts and everything like that. So I was able to prepare more. Because at first I I didn't even think I was going to make my own baby shower. And my baby shower, you know, it turned out to be something really awesome because I had awesome people like doing it, but it's it it was messy, but we'll get to that another day. But yeah, I didn't think I was gonna make my own baby shower, so uh I go back to the monitoring to the so I can monitor the fetus. And my blood pressure was high there, so the doctor was like, "I can't let you go home. I'm gonna send you straight to the hospital because it's too the blood pressure is too high. We have to take the baby today." And I'm like panicking, like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute! I already have a scheduled C-section this week. Cause I'm not supposed to do it today. We're supposed to do it like the end of the week, the end of the week." And he was like, "Your blood pressure is too high. We i we want to take the baby now." And then I was like we like, well, call my doctor, call my doctor, call my doctor. So you know my doctor made an emergency um appointment for me for the following day, and I was like, you know, my boyfriend was like, you need to be prepared that you know when we go to the when we go to your doctor, you know they might admit you today. So I packed the bag. I was like, I don't think you're gonna admit me. He ain't going to bit me. He going to wait for it to do it at the end of the week. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking and why I had these. I don't know why I had these ideas that the doctor was going to push it off towards the end of the week and keep the original date. I just figured that, you know, I was okay. I felt okay. You know, I was swollen as hell. I gained a whole lot of weight, but I felt genuinely okay. I was just tired and sleepy. So I go to the doctor. He looks at me. He writes me a prescription to go to the emergency room. He was like, yeah, I'll see you in the maternity ward. See ya. And I was like, really? Really, we gonna do this today? So I go to the maternity and they're like, yeah, um, we're gonna do a C section on you today, and I'm like today, and he was like, yeah. So you know when you're gonna when you're gonna do a C section, they like it's a major operation, so you can't eat or drink anything. And I'm like, uh, okay. So this was on a Tuesday, so um. You know, I thought I was going to get done on Tuesday. Then my doctor came in, you know, that evening, the early evening. And he was like, you know, I'm going to schedule you for tomorrow because he had like a whole bunch of surgeries that day. And, you know, he wants to do it bright and early in the morning. So I said, okay. And um, he wanted to make sure he had um, extra hands Because, you know, I'm a bigger person. So, for me to do a C-section, you know, I have extra skin. So, he wanted to make sure he had extra doctors on staff, you know, to do my C-section. And it was like, okay. Now, you know, just to be open and very transparent, my doctor, my OB, is a um, person of color. So, and his nursing, his nurses... And his midwife staff is primarily Hispanic and black women. So, um, he's Indian. So I felt more comfortable because the nurses there, um, at the hospital I delivered at were, you know, women of color. So I felt okay for the most part. Um And my doctor is like the head nigga in charge at this particular hospital. So it's like, no matter what doctor, no matter what doctor I talked to or whoever came into my room or whatever they wanted to, um, you know, any procedure or anything they wanted to do to me. They had to get the clearance from my doctor because he's like the chief or something or the head director of the maternity at this particular hospital. So that made me also feel a little bit more, I felt a little bit more, um, confident because, you know, he just wasn't, you know, just a regular resident doctor, which isn't the wrong with a resident doctor, but the fact that, you know, he is the person you have to talk to. My thing is, if I'm going to give birth at a hospital to a doctor, he might as well be the head nigga in charge. I mean, how can I go wrong? If he fuck up, that means everybody fucked up. So, you know, what could I lose? So, um, basically, any doctor that came in to talk to me had to go, you know, run everything by him anyway. So, I felt pretty much, I felt at ease. You know, I didn't feel, I was still scared, you know. Because I'm like, I've never experienced anything like this before and I'm having complications. So um, I was scared, but I also felt um, a little bit at ease. Not completely, but a little bit. So um, I go to, the, I'm in the hospital and I'm, I'm you know, preparing for surgery for the following day. Um, but I had a slight. You know, mishap. So, seven o'clock in the morning, um, they started coming in, taking my blood pressure and everything like that. And um, they're like, okay, today's the day. We're taking this baby, you know, and everything like that. So, at around nine o'clock ish, like I guess the early morning, um, doctors came in. And they told me like, hi, so um, because of your size, um, we're going to transfer you to a different hospital. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they basically said that because of my size, if something was to happen to me while they was doing the C-section, they wouldn't have a gurney the size to... Hold me or something like that. It was something really minuscule. At least it sounded minuscule to me. And they just wanted to transfer me. To a different hospital. That was more equipped. For trauma. Basically. They didn't want to. It felt like they were saying. I felt so. Ugly. And devastated. And. I just, I felt like a big, fat, disgusting, round ball. Like, I'm like, I can't even deliver this baby in a hospital because I'm too fat. And I just started crying. I was just so upset. Like, I was just so upset. And I was, I was just, I was fucking mortified. Like. I, I I had never heard of anything like that. So they given me like, you know, transfer papers and everything that I have to sign. And then I'm just like, I'm mid surgery. Like I'm literally ready preparing for surgery and being told that I have to get into an ambulance and be transferred to a different hospital. So, you know, I counted my lucky stars and luckily... My doctor came in the room and was like, nah, that's not gonna happen. You're my patient. We're gonna do the C section right now. So he brought his team in, which wasn't the uh early morning doctor crew, and yes, they were. <laughs> um he <laughs> Yes, they were definitely were, and we didn't even have to ask. Um, so he came in and said, no, that's not going to happen. He's going to do it himself because I'm his patient. And, you know, we went and we got busy. And this class is where all the fun comes in. Okay, class, this is what it's like to have a C-section. You Ready? Alright, so first they put you in a gown, right? You get you in your gown, you gotta tie your hair up. You had to take I had to take out all my piercings. You can't wear any makeup. Um, I had a tongue ring. I no longer have a tongue piercing because I took my tongue ring out and I forgot to put it back in and that was like two months ago. So I'm pretty sure if I want to put my tongue ring back in, the hole is completely closed now. It usually, and I know that because if anyone has a tongue ring, if you even have your tongue ring out for like a week, it gets a little tight, so I know it's it's over. I had a baby, I guess all my you know my whole life is over, barely hopefully, I don't know, maybe not quite, so anyway <laughs> so you gotta you know wear no makeup, um put your hair up, wrap your hair up. And they, they fucking roll you into the surgery. And, like, I'm in a room with, like, my doctor, my fetal monitoring doctor, the resident doctor, and, like, the, you know, medical students, and the nurses. It's, like, a lot of people in the room with you. And my boyfriend. And... Well, my boyfriend didn't come in at first because they had to give me the epidural and bitch. Okay, so I've never had like surgery before. So I knew what an epidural was and I was like, you know, I had to absolutely have an epidural because the epidural is, you know, you'll be awake but you just won't feel anything, and that's true, but not quite true. You feel something. You just you just aren't in pain. So I had to sit up, and you know I opened up my gown in the back so they could see my entire back, and they stick, you know, um, they stick needles in your spine. And they do it a few times. Like they didn't is I thought it was gonna be like one shot and not be good. They they stuck it in me about I would say about roughly ten times maybe. Maybe it wasn't ten times, but it felt like ten times. Well it was definitely several times, multiple times, that they stuck the epidural in my spine. So when they stuck it in my spine, my I remember my leg voluntarily kicking for no reason. It was like a a reflex. It was like a strong reflex as soon as they start putting the epidural in my spine. And then I got hot really, really fast. I was like, oh my God, I was so hot, it's so hot, it's so hot. Like I wanted some cold water. It was just hot as hell. And it was like, oh, that's supposed to happen. Um, that's us uh, know so that it's working. So I went from my legs involuntarily kicking to being hot as hell, to feeling like I'm going to throw up and I couldn't breathe. So I lay down and they have like the big curtains so I can't see them open my guts. So I'm like, oh my god! I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I'm about to throw up. I started dry heaving, but because I didn't eat anything, of course, nothing came up. And the nurse was looking at me like, looking at me like, "Girl, you doing the most?" But I was like, I feel like I'm really about to throw up. So, um, I finally catch my breath, and I guess I was just panicking, and um having some anxiety i don't know i'm just going through emotion so my boyfriend's next to me so that made me feel better so i'm i'm laying there and i'm looking up and like i'm kind of like woozy because i mean it doesn't knock you out but it makes you feel like you're in a you know very isolated nirvana state like I was like, whoa, whoa Like, you know, I felt them you know, I felt them pulling and moving and rotating shit inside of me. It felt like a roller coaster ride or like, you know how you play tug of war? That's what it felt like they was doing to me. Like they was I felt like they was playing tug of war. Like I could feel them like pulling and tugging and pulling and tugging and um I was like, oh shit, there's the legs <laughs> and you know, I it, it wasn't a long surgery. Um I I wanna say I went in surgery to prepare for surgery at like eleven twenty two or something like that, eleven thirty. I know I remember looking at the clock when I laid down and it was like eleven forty five and Princess Shuri was born Twelve, seventeen, twelve, nineteen, something like that. Twelve, seventeen, twelve, nineteen. I think it's twelve, nineteen. I'm pretty sure it's twelve, nineteen. And you know, um, my boyfriend cut her umbilical cord, and I saw this little. And I looked over to my left, and I saw this little. I saw this little, perfect. Cupcake, right? (laughs) She had these full pouty lips and a head full of hair and really cute cheeks and just I remember her being long and I was like, okay, she's gonna be tall, like me and her daddy. And she wasn't I mean she cried because you know the, the doctor you make sure they're crying to make sure their lungs working and they're screaming. But she was, like, really chill. And I remember, you know, because a C-section is an operating room in the surgery, um, you can't do skin-to-skin the same way you would do um, skin-to-skin after um, a vaginal birth. So they don't allow you to do like extended time of skin-to-skin. They want to make sure you're okay. They want to make sure the baby's okay. And they want to take you out of the delivery room and get you stable so you can bond with the baby. And I just remember going from the delivery to a room and just being laid up in a bed and with a pee bag (laughs) and my legs elevated because I was still swollen and just asking like where's my baby where's my baby and them rolling my baby in and she was just looking at me she was her eyes were really wide and she was just laying on my chest and she had no complications, no issues and she was just like, you know, a perfect little cupcake. And I was in like a weird state of mind because you know how you're in pain but yet like you're so you're on so many drugs that you really can't feel the pain but you know you're in pain and you're expecting the pain to like really hit you. The pain started to really hit about a day or so after when they took me out of the operating room I was in, and they put me in the postpartum room, and they had to roll me onto like the other side of the maternity ward, and I had to. It was like a little speed bump because they had to roll my bed, and. I went over the speed bump in the bed and that was the first time I realized, holy shit, I am in a lot of pain because that little bump, like I felt it in my body and like every, the part of your body where you you use to sit up and to walk and to sneeze and to cough and to just, the main midsection of your, the core of your body was completely sore it felt like a dumpster truck hit me and was like on top of my body like I felt like my whole insides was broken up and shattered like I was crying because I was in so much pain and when I got to the postpartum room like it was so hard for me to like even scoot over in the bed was a challenge right and um the thing the nurse gave me she came in she was so nice first of all all the nurses that i had were mostly um like i said most of the nurses i had when i gave birth was mostly uh, black or women of color and uh i had a couple of white nurses but all the nurses were very accommodating Towards me, like I have no complaints about the nurses or the staff, period. Um, she came in and she was like, How you feel? And I was like, Yo, I'm in so much pain right now. I don't know what to do. I can't get out this bed. Like, I at that point in time, in that exact moment, I was like, How am I gonna walk? Because I can't walk. This is so hard, and I'm in so much pain. So she gave me This is this is what happened. This is how it started. She gave me Percocet and Motrin. She would give me the Percocet first and then she'll give me like the Motrin about an hour later or so, or maybe like 30 minutes later, 30 minutes or an hour later. And the Percocet and the Motrin together, I was like Oh, yeah, I could feel it. Like, it felt like I was getting a body massage. And as soon as I had, as soon as the Percocet and the Motra hit together, that's when I would, like, you know, get the courage to try to sit up in the bed and walk. And that's exactly what I did. As soon as I couldn't feel any pain, I, you know, I had to wiggle my feet because the epidural, and the epidural just knocks all of the movement from your waist down. So, I would wiggle my feet, and if I can feel my toes, I'll try to rotate my ankles just to see if I could feel them. Um, I'll feel my ankles, I'll feel my feet, and then like you know, I'll lift both of my legs. I'll try to lift both of my legs just to see if I could feel them because I was I was scared. That if I try to get up, and if I have no feeling in my legs, I'll fall. And if I fall, I'll just be, it'll be blood everywhere and everything. (laughs) So that's how I would try to get out the bed. And I took, it was literally baby steps. Walking baby steps to the bathroom to take a shower. You know, Percocets and the hot shower. That's basically, that was part of my self-care and remedy to try to to try to get better you know um the thing I couldn't the shower couldn't be too hot because then I'll start feeling like I was gonna faint but the hot shower on my body and then like I had this this um bandage that was like on top of my c-section that I couldn't get wet so I had to like take a shower, but I couldn't, you know, get this particular, the bandage wet for like a week. Um, Of course it got a little wet, but I just had to like basically have my back in the shower and then kind of like, you know, strategically wash myself in the shower without trying to get this bandage soaking wet. So, um, but after a while, uh, the Percocet and the Motrin together, they would numb my body too so I would take the Percocet once it hit and I felt no pain or very little pain I would get out the bed I would take a shower then I'll get back in bed and then as soon as I relax my legs would go numb again and I would just sit in the bed and wait for the nurse the nurses to bring my baby and they would bring my baby and I'll have her on my chest and I'll breastfeed her. And, you know, I'll just watch TV. That's pretty much how I spent. I was there for almost a week. Um, like five days. And um, that's pretty much how I tried to recover. Coming home was a really big challenge. Because, um, honestly, I and i feel for maybe a lot of women that have c-sections they should probably stay in the hospital for a week like a whole week because the first two weeks home were the hardest it was just very difficult to like move around stand up get up move around go to the bathroom my complete insides were like shut It was like shut down, wasn't working. They kept telling me, "Drink water, drink water," and I'm like, "How the fuck am I going to keep drinking all this water?" And I can't even fill my bladder. Like nothing works on my insides. Like I'll be like, I had to go to the bathroom before I I felt the need to pee because if I felt the need to pee. I wasn't gonna make it to the bathroom. <laughs> These are the things that people don't tell you when it comes to a C section. And it's not an easy surgery, it's a difficult surgery. And it's unfortunate that so many women and so many black women have to have a C section. In my case, it was I couldn't avoid it. Um, but in a lot of cases, from what I've heard, it could have been avoided. But my case was my case was serious. It couldn't have been avoided, and I tried to, and I will give my doctor credit. You know, my doctor tried to give my baby time to turn. It just wasn't happening. So I got home and I'm popping Percocets. I'm popping Motrin. <laughs> the thing about popping Percocets and Motrin. I mean, outside of feeling wavy, is the shit makes you constipated. Like, you ain't, you get completely stopped up. So, I was thinking to myself, all these niggas and these rappers talk about popping Percocets. These niggas ain't getting no fiber in their body, so they probably not shitting for days. Like, <laughs> I was popping Percocet, but I also was eating oatmeal, drinking prune juice, because who the hell wants to be constipated? Ugh, like, that's not that's not a good feeling. Like, I cry. Like, that shit is not the wave. So, if you hear niggas talking about him on Percocets, Uh that nigga might not be shitting right. So you might need to get a nigga a brand muffin or something to get his life right. But here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Two and some two months and some change later. My cupcake is growing. The princess of Wakanda she is. And I am a lot better. Um I can walk by myself and I can carry the baby in the in the car seat. I'm able to get in and out the car now. Um, the only thing that's still a little difficult, that's still taking time, is I definitely feel um, still feel the water that's inside of me. Um, as soon as you give birth, well at least with a C-section, um, there's a lot of fluid in you. And um, that's why they encourage you to drink water, so you can like get all of the water and the fluids out of you, though pregnancy the sodium and everything. Um I still feel water in me. There's still water in my stomach. I lost about fifty pounds in two and a half weeks. I still have a lot of weight to lose because I gained a whole lot of weight. Um I my pelvic area still feels a little you know uh it feels tender is not the word I want to use. But it just feels like it's stiff. That's a better word because it feels like I need to stretch it. And it's still stiff. Um, walking up and down stairs is still a thing I'm working on. Because um, my legs and my feet were so swollen that now that you know I lost some of the weight, it hurt by joints a little bit so I'm working on that I can fit my shoes now because towards the end of pregnancy I could not fit any of my shoes I was crying I couldn't fit socks I couldn't fit anything like my feet were just so big my feet were so big and huge and swollen my hands were swollen my face was swollen everything was just swollen and big so um, I'm working on that I've Basically been inside. I haven't really been out anywhere because um, we just gave our baby shots. So now she's able to come out in the public and go to the store with us because, you know, I wasn't trying to have her out and about with people, regardless of who it was, um, without any shots. So she has her shots now. So I'll be more um, visible to adults now because I've just been... In the cocoon with my baby. And um, I want to celebrate by having a house party for New Year's Eve um, in Brooklyn, New York. I want to have a big house party. I am having a big house party. And I want you try to come kick it with me. Um, it's $50. $50 is like open bar. We're going to have a lot, of, a lot of liquor there. It's, I love the 90s hip-hop R&B house party for the new year, you know, I wanted to do something that I didn't want a club scene, I didn't want to do it in the lounge, I didn't want to do it in a big restaurant, I wanted something a little bit more private, and I didn't want a whole bunch of people, Black Panther was like over 300 people, and that's just a lot of people to be hosting, so um, we're going to do half the size, you know, if you... You know, want to have a party? If you want to go to a party for New Year's, but you don't want to go to a club, you don't want to be outside waiting to get in the club, you don't want to be in a lounge with a whole bunch of niggas, but you still want to be around niggas and have fun and just chill and be able to hang out on the couch and play some spades. And even if you don't play spades, niggas, we gonna teach you how to play spades. All right. If you just want to chill, do something really laid back. Um, hit me up. Um, fabulizemag at gmail.com, f a b u l-i-z-e m-a-g at gmail.com address I love the 90s house party. And um we'll you know give you the information so you can cop a ticket. Now, if you're listening to Dainty Thug right now and you hear about this I love 90s um house party, I will give you a discount. I'm not gonna say what kind of discount. Well, you know what. Yeah, if you listen to this and you are interested in the party, I'll give you $10 off. How about that? So Dainty Thug listeners, you get $10 off exclusively here with Dainty Thug. You can come through, you know, and you already know how I do. You know, we're going to listen to music. We're going to dance. You know, we are just going to have a really chill time, eat some cupcakes, you know, drink some gin and juice, reminisce over the 90s music when, you know, life seems so much easier, get our Wu-Tang on, listen to some old school dance, reggae, just have fun for the night. All right, so it's good to be back. Um, if you still have been following me and having me subscribed and subscribing to these podcast episodes, thank you. I'm sorry for the delay. But I'm back and I'm I'm really so ready to rock and roll and get it popping for the new year. So many things I'm going to be doing and so many things I want to do. So thanks for staying with me and sticking with me. You know, that was a big chunk of time I was away. But I'm happy to be here and I'm glad that you're still here with me. So, um... Thank you, thank you for everything. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for my Patreon supporters. You are always appreciated, always because it's you, I'm able to able to have this podcast and to produce these episodes. So thank you so much. I really appreciate all of you and I hope y'all come to the house party. So let me know. Hit me up. All right. Love y'all lots, peace.